An entitled crazy flat earther tries to convince me that the earth is flat, but after two hours of him rambling on about his beliefs, despite the fact that I never asked him about it, I had simply had enough. Here's what happened. Okay, we've all heard about flat earthers, but if you're even remotely sane and reasonable, you probably think that it's just some very elaborate inside joke that people keep perpetuating because they find it amusing to do so. And you know what? That's what I thought as well. But this is when Gary enters the scene. Gary is not their real name, but he was staying at the hotel with his teenage son for the weekend. They had a weekend trip planned and were in the area, so they needed a place to stay. Gary was a pretty unassuming guy at first glance, and his son had that impatient silence about him that most teenagers have. But otherwise, everything is a-okay. I come in the next morning to relieve the night auditor, and Gary is standing at the desk, talking passionately about something. The night auditor made eye contact with me in a way that basically said, oh my gosh, please help me. But I silently give and continued into the office where I overheard Gary say something about sun rotation and earth as a plane. I assumed he was poking fun at the flat earth idea and joking about the entire thing. Five minutes later, the night auditor walked back into the office with a handful of papers and stared at me unblinkingly as he ripped them up and shoved them into the garbage. He gave me my report and then told me good luck as he left. And I thought that was it. It seemed that Gary had gone up to his room, so I thought honestly nothing of it. Ten minutes minutes later, he comes back down to the desk and introduced himself. So I say hi, nice to meet you, I guess. I didn't know what he expected me to say, and honestly as it turns out, I didn't have to say anything. He could speak more than enough for both of us. He began to talk about the basics of flat earth theory and I laughed about it and shook my head a bit. I thought he was joking, but as he kept going, I realized he was completely and utterly serious, and the mirth in my eyes turned to horror. Gary barely stopped for a breath. It took me a minute to tune back into what he he was saying after the realization that he was serious hit me. He starts pulling out these resources. He was obviously very well prepared for this and I'm not talking about a couple of random sources that he mentioned in passing here or there. I'm talking Bible verses, mathematical equations, diagrams, drawings, websites, YouTube videos, measurements, tools, and so much more. My hope withered more and more with each new resource he presented to me and I found myself stuck in a place where I really did not know what to do and I seriously just wanted him to stop, but he still kept going, and I seriously cannot believe how weird he was. So going on, he showed me clips of videos, he drew pictures as he was explaining, he worked out the mathematical equations in front of me, and explained every step. He wrote down a dozen URLs for me to look into, and he referenced specific Bible verses, and emphasized the word choice in them. It went on and on. At this point, it's been an hour and a half, and I've tried to walk away about a dozen times, so I eventually just said to him, I have to to work now, and I went to sit in the office and tried extremely hard to look busy, but he just kept talking. Every time I had to go out to the front desk, he had something to show me. Every time I walked back into the office, he spoke more clearly so I could hear him. I eventually asked him why people don't fall off the earth if it's flat, and he said that there's a great ice wall surrounding the edges of the earth. I asked why it's not common knowledge, and he says that the ice walls are guarded by a branch of the military, and they make people turn around before they can see the wall. He said that this information is kept under wraps because the government doesn't want to admit that they're using so many resources to guard these walls. Because according to him, if everyone knew about it, there would be a riot. I managed to grimace a smile out of my mouth as I politely nodded my head. I thought maybe he would leave sooner if it looked like that I believed him. And honestly, I didn't really want to antagonize a weirdo when I was alone in a hotel. I just tried to go along with it. He then told me that he's saving up for a sophisticated camera so that he could have 
photographic evidence of the earth being flat. This guy was saving up over a thousand dollars for a camera just to try and prove that the earth was flat? I mean, come on. Eventually, a big group of people came to check out and he finally walked away. He came back about 10 minutes later and said to me, you know, most people don't have an open mind like you do. I'm glad you're so willing to learn and consider new information. Can I take a picture with you? And as he raised his phone camera up to snap it, I shouted at the top of my lungs, no. A million mental images of my face appearing on flat earth websites and social media pages flashed before my eyes and I was nearly frozen in fear. And while he was disappointed, he did leave nonetheless. 20 minutes later, I have a guest come to the front desk and say to me, excuse me miss, I'm sorry to bother you, but there's a man outside harassing people. He's out there shouting about planets and ice walls and he's screaming this to anyone who walks by. I let out a deep sigh and I looked at him. I lowered my voice and I said, sir, he stood here and preached the same thing to me for over two hours. If he isn't following people into their cars or hurting them, there's not a whole lot I can do. I'm not going to invite that man back inside. Thankfully, the guest understood and assured me that he was just standing out there preaching and not actually hurting or stalking people. But man, what a day. After that altercation, I was just shocked to realize that flat earthers aren't just part of an inside joke. They are, in some cases, very serious. Yeah, that guy is actually crazy because every ounce of science points to the earth being round. You have to be either ignorant or just a seriously misguided individual to actually come to the conclusion that the earth is flat and that the government is hiding it from all of us. And Gary in this story seriously needs to get a reality check. But even that, if he really did just think that the earth is flat and that's some kind of weird core belief that he has, then go for it. He's wrong, but go for it. Who cares? It's the fact that he was trying to push this on somebody else as well as disrupting their ability to do their job. That, in my opinion, is right where he crossed the line and he seriously should not have wasted everybody's time because the poor original poster just wants to do their job. They don't want to be preached to. They don't want to listen to your misguided theories and watch you try to do pretend math. Like, seriously, get a life. So hopefully, for the sake of the original poster, they don't have to deal with anything like this ever again because what they dealt with was absolutely ridiculous and that guy was completely out of line. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My boyfriend's family doesn't want me around anymore and it's all so confusing and I really don't know what to do. So I've been dating my boyfriend for about six months and we have been official for about four. Our relationship started out great. I got along with his aunt and uncle well, whom he lives with as well, and they were very welcoming to having me in their home at first and letting us hang out there. My boyfriend doesn't drive. His aunt and uncle are fine with driving him to work and appointments, but pretty much nowhere else. Due to this, it's just been a lot easier for me to go over there if we want to hang out. Recently, I had a day off, so I thought it would be nice to give my boyfriend's uncle a break and go pick up my boyfriend from work. We got back to his house and no one was around, so we hung out in his room till we heard someone come in. We went downstairs only to get yelled at by his uncle. I decided to go home only for his uncle to get offended I wasn't staying for dinner. Now since this incident, they've made it clear that though I'm invited for dinner every night, I am no longer welcome at their house outside of dinner. They stated that I'm only invited for dinner because they feel bad I don't have family here. I wasn't even allowed to stay later till the roads were plowed during a freak snowstorm and was forced to drive home in near blizzard conditions. Now I try to be courteous when I'm there and I try to be polite, ask them about their lives and clean up after myself and I also bring them wine in once in a while as a thank you and I drive my boyfriend around a lot to try and give them a break. I genuinely appreciate them cooking as well as everything but his aunt and uncle are very protective of him and have done everything for him since his dad passed away a few years ago. 
They let him move in, they cook for him, they clean for him, they got him jobs, and I feel like this could be part of the issue. So it's really a weird situation, and I honestly don't know what to do. Your boyfriend's family seems really toxic, and they're also really sheltering your boyfriend in a bad way. For some context, the original poster's boyfriend is 24 years old, and on top of that, they don't drive, nor do they take care of their own cooking and cleaning and all this other stuff, which honestly, by that age, you really should have that figured out. It's also crazy to me that they wouldn't let you stay over during a snowstorm. Like, that is not only really dangerous, but it's also incredibly irresponsible. And if I was in your shoes, I probably would not want to go over there anymore. Especially with your boyfriend basically being babied and having everything taken care of. If he really cared, he would stand up for you and say, hey, wait a second. There's a snowstorm going on outside. She's absolutely staying until it clears up. And also, you're not obligated to eat at your aunt and uncle's house. The fact that you left because they were freaking out and yelling at each other is, in my opinion, completely reasonable. And for them to get a offended by you not wanting to stick around in that kind of hostile environment is really weird in my opinion. So I think maybe it's time to have a serious conversation with your boyfriend because his aunt and uncle are being really weird towards you and it's honestly time for something to change. My husband cheated on me when I was pregnant and lied to me repeatedly for years and at this point I seriously don't know what to do. So before my husband met me he was in a serious three year relationship. She cheated on him and would gaslight him when he tried to investigate. He eventually was able to find proof but before ending things and moving on. When we met, he told me that cheating was a big insecurity for him and he had trust issues as a result. I promised him that I was not designed that way and that everyone deserves to be treated with kindness and respect. I promised him for as long as we're together, I would remind him just how amazing of a man he was. And I did just that for nine years without fault. My husband has clearly expressed over the years how I helped him overcome this trauma and showed him what an amazing man he truly is. And our lives and personal lives have never been better honestly. Also during this time he's talked about how dishonorable cheating is. He calls cheaters the scum of the earth. I've listened to rants and tirades about the kind of people cheaters must be. He has made his feelings about cheating very clear at this point and I definitely was on board with him in that regard. He started streaming video games at the same time I got pregnant. He was staying up until middle hours of the night without ever coming to bed. He was very disengaged with me during my pregnancy. He was rude thoughtless and frankly inconsiderate to my needs as a wife as well as a pregnant mother to his unborn child. This behavior only got worse and I knew something was wrong because it was so unlike him. But lo and behold, it was because he was cheating on me. He was selectively deleting his search history and only leaving things he wanted me to see. However, Google activity tracks everything and he wasn't deleting that actively which showed me what was really happening. It showed him creeping on scandalous fan profiles if you know what I mean that only certain people can access. He would then go to promiscuous streamer channels while they were live and engage with female content creators, looking into several shady and promiscuous Reddit pages. And this went on for two years. I tried to put an end to things without directly calling his character into question. I would ask him what he was doing late at night and he denied any wrongdoing. I asked him to be respectful of me and not look at promiscuous female streamers. And he said, of course. He would then go back to his search history weeks after the fact sometimes and still keep deleting things out of there that he thought would make him look poor. The entire time, he promised and reassured me that our boundaries were clear and he was being faithful. He spent two years lying to me directly to my face. He would gaslight me time and time again. And every time this happened, a piece of me would really fall apart. After two years, my hope that I would suddenly become interesting enough came to a close. I finally confronted him. He tried to gaslight me again. After his ridiculous 
ridiculousness subsided, we had the chance to talk, and he admitted to me that he cheated. He won't give me details to the extent of what happened. He just keeps saying that everything I've brought forward to him is the extent of what fully happened. It's been a month, and he keeps reminding me about how he knows he messed up and will spend the rest of our lives fixing it with me. He tells me he knows how I feel and why I now feel insecure in our marriage and my trust with him. He says he understands when I tell him that now I feel less attractive. I just can't move on. I just don't know how someone whose heart was so broken from being cheated on is capable of doing that exact same thing to the woman of his dreams and mother of his child. What should I do? First off, this is an awful situation. Here you have a husband that you thought was going to be dedicated to you, but he's clearly been messing around and chatting with other women online, as well as going to sketchy, promiscuous sites that really are not a place that a married man should be going to. So there's really no good excuse in my book that would excuse this type of behavior. Like it's seriously messed up and you definitely deserve a lot better than that. So hopefully you're able to find some kind of solution with this because you said it right. This guy had already been cheated on. He knows exactly how painful this is for someone. And the fact that he would do that to you still, even after all these years, is in my opinion a massive red flag that you absolutely should not ignore. My coworker and I had to escort a drunken man back to his hotel room after he had one too many drinks and couldn't find his way out of the stairwell. And it honestly was pretty funny overall. Here's what happened. Last night was one of the more interesting nights I've had at a hotel. And I honestly blame it on the full moon. I've gotten liars. I've gotten complainers. I've gotten the unprepared and the faulty equipment. I've also got the booked at the wrong hotel type of people. But at the end of this night, I got the drunks. We've had a ship crew staying with us since November. They're nice guys. They really are. They're leaving soon to take their ship elsewhere. The majority of them thought today was going to be their last day in the hotel, and a chunk of the crew decided to go out and have a few drinks to commemorate. They left at around 6 o'clock p.m. My shift ended at 11 o'clock, but I have a terrible habit of staying way after I clock out to talk with a night auditor. Now, that terrible habit has come in handy for her, as she sometimes gets guests who come down to flirt with her. She's about 10 years younger than me, so her mean gene hasn't kicked in yet. So I act as a buffer for her from time to time. I was especially useful last night when our ship crew came back around midnight and they were absolutely hammered. The night auditor and I were at the desk when we saw them stumbling through the parking lot. There were five who went out. One was stone cold sober and you could see the annoyance on his face as he walked ahead of everyone else. Another guy was incredibly drunk, actually could walk in a straight line, but that line was just perpendicular to where he needed to go. Then there was a guy who we will call Lumberjack. That's obviously not their real name. Partly because he was dressed like one and partly because it describes how he walked back into the hotel. It's like he was trying to remember how to use all his limbs all at once. Anyways, all the guys made it back into the hotel without falling or bumping into anything. No one was obnoxious. They just couldn't walk correctly. They all headed straight for their rooms and I wish them a safe journey up the elevator and continue with my chat with the night auditor. Six minutes later, we heard a loud beep from our stairwell intercom behind the front desk. It scared the ever-living heck out of us because no one ever uses it. Thankfully, I remembered how to operate it, so I went over to see who needed our assistance. I say into the speaker, hello? And I was met with heavy breathing. This repeated several times before myself and the night auditor decided that we should go up and see who was there. We had a suspicion that it was one of the drunks who had just walked in, but we didn't know what state we'd find them in. We were so incredibly nervous, but we both agreed that we would be braver with each other. We walked cautiously up the stairs. The higher we got, the more we could hear labored breathing, as well as dry heaving. To avoid startling whoever was there, I let out a few timid 
timid hellos and still got no response. The distress call came from the third floor stairwell. The night auditor and myself arrived to see no one was there, but the sounds of someone being sick were louder than ever. We soon looked up to see Lumberjack leaning over the wall of the fourth floor stairs, which is odd because his room is on the third floor. The night auditor looks up and says, are you okay? And the Lumberjack replies by saying, yes ma'am, which really was his catchphrase of the night. Through some other intelligible grunts and drunken gestures, he assured us that he was okay and didn't need any assistance. So we retreated back to the front desk, but there was no way we were going to take his word for it though. So we planned to go back up after a few minutes. And so we did. We went back up the stairwell, only for me to then round the corner and stumble upon him slumped over on the third floor stairs. I held my breath waiting for signs of life, and thankfully they came quickly with his signature heavy breathing. The night audit and myself took turns trying to wake him up. He flashed his bloodshot eyes at us and gave us a few more yes ma'ams before agreeing to let us help him into his room just down the hall. The image of us two shrimpy little women trying to hold up this tree of a man from pinballing down the hall was hilarious to watch on camera later on when it was all done and over with. And I'm just glad that it was the two of us there because I don't think either one of us could have done this on our own. But we got it done. We got him into his room. Then later we put together a hangover package of sorts just for him. He's been in his room all day. There was even a note about this whole incident on our communications board. Our general manager commended our quick thinking. The front office manager and I both did wellness checks on him. When I called him tonight during my shift, he said he has no memory of even coming back to the hotel and could only imagine what he had done while he was drunk. But I assured him that he was the most polite drunk I've ever come across. But hopefully in the future, he's a little bit more careful about how much he drinks. That way he can avoid this type of ordeal altogether. What a funny situation to be stuck in. I can't imagine having to look over and see these two women trying to escort this guy back into his hotel room. This seriously could have been a lot worse, and he could have been one of those grumpy, angry drunks who could have been very angry and very grumpy and possibly even violent. So with all things considered, I think the night auditor as well as the original poster absolutely got off easy. I said something awful to my fiancé in the heat of the moment, and I really feel horrible about it, and I seriously don't know what to do. My fiancé and I have been together for almost five years now, and our anniversary is coming up soon. We met in our last year of college and have been joined to the hip ever since. One of our first serious conversations when we started dating was about our thoughts on marriage, as well as kids, where we'd live, how our lives would fit around that, etc. To be fair, it was more so one of those honeymoon, head over heels, this is going to be so exciting talks, but we never really meant it. We would periodically bring up different bits, saying stuff like, I can't wait to be living in the countryside, or stuff like that, random bits as they came up over the course of our relationship. Our plans, albeit idealistic, seem solid. Last night, after a bit of invitation writing together, we had some wine and had a long chat about what we are looking forward to the most in married life. She said that she can't wait to have a home that we own and not rent. The reason being is so that we can go off for months at a time and travel around Europe without having to worry about losing our place as well as constantly moving. I made a joke about our kids' piecemeal education and how they'd surely have that from much of the chopping and changing of schools. She didn't really look at me or laugh when I said that. A few more glasses of wine later, we go to bed. While cuddling to sleep, she whispered to me, I don't think I want kids. And when she said that, I just kind of lost my mind. I didn't yell or scream. I just left. I got dressed and started to leave. She was calling after me, saying we can talk about this and to come back to bed. And I really regret it, but I called her a manipulator just like her mother. Now, I won't get into it here. It's just way too personal. But her mother is an awful, awful person. I really do want to blame the wine for what I said 
bed, but that's not fair. I slept on the couch and woke up feeling like garbage. I still do. My fiance won't talk to me. She's barely even looked at me. I know I heard her saying that, but I'm also hurt too. And I don't want to talk about this with anyone that we might know. Honestly, my brain is fried and I think I'm trying to justify what I said. What should I do? I think the obvious first thing that you really need to do is just apologize. I think you need to go back to her and be like, look, I'm sorry for what I said. Obviously, you were shocked by her suddenly being like, hey, guess what? I don't want to have kids. And this is after having so many conversations about having kids. Like the timing definitely did not seem right. And while yes, you were probably devastated by her saying that, it does not give you the right to then talk to her in that manner. I think that kind of personal attack is completely unwarranted and absolutely out of line. So hopefully you can come to some kind of agreement between the two of you and you're able to move forward with some kind of confidence in your relationship. Because otherwise, I can see you sleeping on the couch for a lot longer than just this night. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.